In the context of recent weeks, flight from UK airport cancelled does not seem much of a headline. Indeed, such is the shambles that has beset British airports of late that you would more likely hear a yelped demand from some sweating editor to stop the presses if an aircraft departed on time. But one particular cancelled flight is newsworthy. On Tuesday night, a Boeing 767 operated by Spanish charter outfit Privilege Style was supposed to take off from the Ministry of Defence airfield at Boscombe Down, bound for Kigali. Aboard were to have been the first asylum seekers to be relocated from the UK to Rwanda. In the days before departure, the number of passengers was whittled down from 130 or so by legal challenges. By Tuesday evening, it was expected that only seven people would be making the trip. And then an intervention by the European Court of Human Rights grounded the plane entirely. The UK's Home Secretary, Priti Patel, has nevertheless insisted that this is not the end of the Rwanda escapade and that preparations for the next flight are afoot. I want to make something absolutely clear today, Madam Deputy Speaker. The European Court of Human Rights did not rule that the policy or relocations were unlawful, but they prohibited the removal of three of those on last night's flight. Those prohibitions last for different time periods, but are not an absolute bar on their transfer to Rwanda. Anyone who has been ordered to be released by the courts will be tagged while we continue to progress their relocation. The thing is basically this. The UK's government is vexed by recent arrivals of largish numbers of people making unauthorised arrival on Britain's shores by boat across the English Channel. This is, to establish first principles, a fair enough thing to be vexed by. More than 10,000 people have made the crossing so far this year, following at least 28,500 last year, and it is not entirely clear who all of them were, where they were from, or where they have gone, which, however liberal your views on immigration, is a suboptimal state of affairs. There is also the basic humanitarian consideration of the risk these people are taking. Though most crossings are attempted when the channel is reasonably calm, it is the world's busiest shipping lane, navigated every day by 600 or so vessels, many of them enormous, and every one a potentially lethal hazard to a small inflatable craft of uncertain seaworthiness steered by a dubiously qualified skipper. The precise figure is unclear, but it is believed that more than 300 people have drowned attempting the crossing this century. Last November, 27 perished in a single incident. So everybody agrees that there is a problem, and even if a great many people vastly overestimate, grand scheme of things, how serious the problem is, the optics of it are terrible, especially for the UK's current government, elected as it was on thunderous promises of controlling the nation's borders, something the UK's current government could not manage, even when a pandemic gave it not merely an excuse, but an actual reason. A decisive policy to deal with the boats was called for. This UK government, as is its habit, instead chose a dramatic gesture. 
Rwanda, not noted as a haven for huddled masses yearning to breathe free and so forth, was paid 120 million quid with further payments to come based on numbers to take those who attempt to settle in the UK outside regular processes. One can only imagine the height to which this has arched the eyebrows of the 2,229 Rwandans who, in 2020 alone, applied for asylum in other countries, 17 of them in the UK. If the policy looks cruel and draconian, there are two reasons for that. One is that it is cruel and draconian, the other is that it is supposed to look cruel and draconian. And two crowds are being played to here. One is prospective migrants, who the government hopes will be deterred, and the other is the Conservative Party's core voter base, who the government hopes will enjoy this dismal spectacle. Well, I think we're, having, we're getting too many people coming in, definitely. Um, and I think there's a fear as well that, you know, say one day England won't be English people here. It'll be all foreigners. On both those scores, it might work, though it is almost certainly the case that the £500,000 that the grounded charter flight cost would do Britain vastly more good in the long run if divided as start-up seed capital among the next boatload to splash ashore on a Kentish beach. But the depressing reality is that while the thwarting of the Rwanda plan, for the time being at least, may look like a humiliating defeat for the UK's government, this is a game which the UK's government cannot lose. If the plane had taken off, and if any subsequent plane does take off, the UK's government would be able to claim that they were taking bold action to protect the nation's borders. The grounding of this flight, and of any subsequent flights, will enable the UK's government to claim that they tried to take bold action to protect the nation's borders, but were prevented by latte-slurping lefty metropolitan lawyers and, more treacherously still, the European Court of Human Rights. The fact that the ECHR has little to do with the EU and is a body of the Council of Europe, of which the UK has been a member since its foundation in 1949, or that the European Convention on Human Rights was drafted substantially by British lawyer David Maxwell Fife, later a notably hardcore Conservative Home Secretary, at the encouragement of Winston Churchill, no introduction necessary, are not distinctions that any current Conservative politician or their media cheerleaders will hasten to point out. These are people who, on this and all other issues, want the fight, not the victory. The adjective European will do. For Monocle24, I'm Andrew Muller.